0: finding a quiet place and counting to a thousand. People say, well, what's the big deal about that? It's harder than you think. Uh, The idea is to count to a thousand without being distracted. That means your mind is focusing on this alone. Happy New Year, and welcome to another year of the Ronan Leadership Podcast. Uh, This is Mike Howard. It is uh, 30 January, and uh, I hope all of you had a great holiday season, Christmas season, New Year's, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, I know that uh, our family, we had a great time. We went to North Carolina, uh, Janice, Kiku, and I, to uh, visit our grandkids and our daughter and son-in-law in in North Carolina. That was great. Had a great time. Usually we go on Thanksgiving, but this year we went at Christmas, very festive uh, atmosphere. I mean, I was even I even got into it by wearing Christmas pajamas, which I never do. Right. But uh, the family has changed me a little bit. You know, not only did I dress like Jafar at uh, Disney World, but I just like sort of like a pirate on the Disney cruise. And now I'm wearing Christmas pajamas so I can adapt to different environments. and uh, just kind of took a bit of a hiatus. I've been involved with some other things, was able to talk to, actually in in December, I had a great opportunity to go to the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. It's been a few years since I've been there and they had a um, a leadership seminar that had been taking place that week, which included a lot of uh, chief security officers, directors of security, a couple of my uh, dear friends and colleagues were there uh, in the security industry monitoring the the course and some FBI personnel. So it was really great to uh, speak to them on leadership, my leadership journey, Ronan leadership, and that was a great opportunity. Uh, Really nice to get out there and and also uh, observe uh, some of the FBI agents in training, these uh, men and women that are going to be training to risk their lives to uh, protect our country. So that was awesome. And then, you know, the start of the new year, just been busy with a lot of things. The uh, before I get started on, on the topic for the first topic of the year, I want to thank all of you for uh, really um, supporting me both in my podcast efforts and on LinkedIn on the on the blog efforts. Uh, before we started the podcast, I, I told I told Janice that the latest statistics are on the Rona Leadership Thoughts blog. We now have one thousand eight hundred and sixty six subscribers. So. That's awesome. We try to put some good content out there that helps to uh, at, least, at, least, at least helps to uh, support what we're doing here on, on the podcast. And right now, we have uh, a little over 1300 subscribers to the podcast, so first of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, continue to tell your friends and your family, uh, acquaintances about the podcast and what it's all about, and promote it, please, if you can, in social media or just verbally. Uh, hit, continue to hit the like button, uh, the subscribe button, and comp- obviously share this content. And we, we just, we love it when we know that people are sharing this content because that's how people find out about it. That's one way anyway. And that's why our uh, subscribership is, is growing. So thank you very much. Uh, also uh, in December, I was able to publish my second fiction novel, the second in the Jack Trent series, Blood Promise. Uh, as you can see, it's a little bit longer than the first one uh, that I put out full circle, but uh, I've gotten some very good uh, feedback on that, getting some good reviews on Amazon. Encourage you to read it, encourage you to, uh, to you know, put a review on Amazon because every little review helps, and so I thank you so much, and also um, I found out uh, I was able to um, work with the, uh, the CIA back in our old headquarters in Langley, Virginia, and so both uh, my first Jack Trench novel, Full Circle, which I also uh, 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 ask you to, to to purchase if you haven't purchased a copy already. It's also out on Audible, so we're slowly getting our books uh, in Audible because then a lot of people like to uh, listen to their books, so. Go on Amazon.com or Audible, and you'll be able to get this, and so you can listen to it. But uh, this book, as well as my first book, The Art of Ronin Leadership, both of these are gonna be at the CIA store. They call it the Employee Activity Association store. So I'm very proud that both of these books are gonna be uh, featured there. And then lastly, I I don't want this to be a stepchild, but my second leadership book, The Art of Executing Ronin Leadership Strategies, is out there it's it's a, it's it's more of a how-to book based on these uh, the comments that you gave me after i wrote the art of roman leadership about how to build teams and how to build a budget how to get c-suite support and backing for your strategic initiatives so these two together i think will be a, a really good addition uh not to your not just to your library but uh if you are a leader uh, get these for you and your team and I think you'll get a lot out of them, but mostly I wanna thank all of you for supporting uh, my writing. I will be starting in February in earnest, writing the third of the Jack Trench novels called Omega Deception. You'll be able to find the first chapter of that at the end of Blood Promise. So uh, what do I wanna talk about today? Well, for the I, I guess it started probably in the middle of last year, um, you know, along with, you know, studying the bible on a, on a daily basis and just getting some of some god in me, in me so that helps me uh, throughout the day and in my life I really started really studying stoicism and you know first of all the, the word stoic right it it conjures up a person that is emotionless unfeeling in you know, unflappable maybe but in the midst of whatever is going on in the world you just maintain the kind of a stone face and kind of like this, I don't care, I'm I'm inwardly, and nothing could be farther from the truth. The more I've delved into Stoicism, uh, I realized that um, the idea of being a Stoic is not that. The idea of of being a Stoic is being able to control uh, your emotions, your thoughts, and your reactions while still staying engaged in a very chaotic world. I found out recently that there was another branch of philosophy called uh, well, Epicureanism. Of course, for me, Epicureanism is like eating. But basically, those were the ones that were mostly inward. They, they it, was, it was all about their inward um, and uh, personality and growing themselves philosophically, but staying disengaged from the world. But Stoicism is completely opposite, which I like because we live in the real world. You know, we don't live on a mountaintop where we can just Study philosophy twenty four seven and not worry about traffic, crime, wars around the world, economy, bad or good, uh, health issues, you know people dying, friends, all the things that are part of 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 life. I mean, there are a lot of great parts of life, but these are parts of life that obviously uh, we're part of and we have to deal with. And so the more I started, started listening to this guy named Ryan Holiday, and we have, we'll we have his link up here on the, on the podcast, but a lot of you may have heard of him, because I've posted a lot, uh, probably in the last four months uh, on, on Ryan, but he's kind of the guru of Stoicism. He, uh, at the age of 19, he picked up a, a book called, called uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor. Who took over at a time uh, that was very chaotic in, in ancient Rome. Uh, there were wars to be fought, there were political battles to be fought, they were dealing with a huge plague. And, uh, but, and he kept a journal and he called it his meditations and it was never meant to be published. I mean he, he did this for himself whether it was in the evening or in the morning. He journaled and it was all about getting his thoughts about life, about how He's dealing with life, whether that day he dealt with it in a good way or whether he dealt with it in a way that he thought was more less than stellar. And what could he do about it? And over a period of time, this came up with this meditations, which is really kind of the Bible. I mean, there are many other uh, tones, as they call it, uh, books by Seneca and also by uh, Epictetus. I believe that's how you say it. But um he seems to be the one that people tend to gravitate to, uh, and I remember a good friend of mine, Chuck Randolph, uh, who a lot of you in the security industry know uh, back in the day, gave me a sign. He signed a, a copy of uh, of Meditations, and I've had it f- with me for many, many years. And I read it back in the day, but and I thought it was great, but it didn't strike me. But somehow it was weird in retirement when I don't necessarily have. The, the daily stresses and strains of running an enterprise and being chief, chief security officer with everything that all of you know who are uh, working and still in, in, in an enterprise of business every day are dealing with, I just got, maybe it's because I had more time, but I just started, started delving more into it. And I really liked what I was reading. And so I, I as a, the more I read about it, the more I realized that I could apply this, all of us can apply these, these basic concepts to our lives and and I the more I read and I was there's a thing called the daily stoic that I get this email every day and uh, at at the beginning of this year I started using a daily stoic journal which talks about it gives you a prompt um, and it tells you about what you know what what are the things you can't control today and so that you you jot that down and then in the evening, there's a reflection. You know, how did that work for you? Did it make you? And and so it, it helps you just think about different things. A Good friend of mine, Joel Bonilla, who is uh, one of the managers at the Omega Boutique uh, at, at the Bellagio here in Las Vegas, is also really into, if you wanna say it, into stoicism, but he's been studying it hard. And uh, he gave me a, a really good daily stoic, edition uh, for Christmas, which I cherish and which uh, I I read every day. Uh, And so one of the things you learn from Marcus Aurelius, besides some of the things I'm going to get into, is the idea of journaling. I really hadn't journaled to any great extent. You know, there was always, every year there was always this, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but I didn't do it. But after, you know, know, being a devotee of Stoicism for a while now, I realized how important journaling is. Now, whether you do it in a digital format and whether you do it on paper, and I actually do both. There are several journals uh, that I use, and I'm also gonna provide the links to those here in this podcast. Um, there's the Apple, uh, it's just called Journal. And to me, that's more of a, a fun kind of thing that as you, if you go to dinners or if you're hanging out with friends and families or you're, you're at home, whatever it is, you take pictures, you videos, you. You can write things, and it just kind of helps chronicle good things that are happening in your day. There's no one called Day One, and Day One is, to me, the one that I really use for. It's more like the meditations part of it. You know, it, it, it's it's really about what the day is going to be like. What are the, what are my thoughts about that particular day? Are there certain things that I'm I'm dealing with that I need to steel myself for, or are there some Something, is there some anxiety about something that I need to think about and understand what's driving that so that I can, can handle that? And so I use day one for that. But obviously, as I said earlier, I, st- I still use uh, the Daily Stoic Journal and I write you know, every morning and every evening. Uh, I have other things too. There's a thing called our daily bread, which uh, my wife and I listen to or read every day, where we uh, get a little bit of the word uh, to get us ready for the day. And no matter how much I'm into Stoicism, the Bible and Christianity will still be always number one. But I think Stoicism is, I think they learned a lot from Christianity. And I think um, there is a, a lot of symbiotic relationships between the two. But really got into journaling big time uh, this year and I'm enjoying it. I think it's great. It doesn't have to take a lot of time, uh, but the idea is to get some thoughts on paper so that as you look at them and you say, okay, those are my thoughts about the day or, or uh, those are my thoughts about the day ahead. Or those are my, these are my thoughts about what happened during this day. It'll help you think about, you know, did you handle this situation as well as you could? Are there things you could have done better? How about tomorrow? What's coming up tomorrow? Are there things that you can, you can now ready yourself for because of the lessons you learned today? And so it's it's really good. It's a, it, it's basically a dialogue uh, with yourself uh, it's not meant for anybody else to look at you can certainly share it with anybody you want to but it's really for your self-improvement and i it's i love it i'm, I'm really enjoying it i look forward to it and that also goes along with the fact that the uh one of the things i also started doing uh, probably around september ish as i started after researching it this whole idea of of cold water exposure to build resilience as well as some other health benefits. And if you follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, you know all about this. Uh, I started off with cold showers. I read about how a cold shower um, or a cold plunge, what it does to your body, right? There's a shock effect first, and then, and I podcast, and I did a podcast about this or touched on it recently. And then as you settle in, the cold water still cold. Your body is still fighting it because your body doesn't like cold. It likes the warm water. So do I. But eventually you control your breathing. You control your thoughts. You're not thinking about that meeting that you don't want to go to. You're not thinking about that personnel issue you're dealing with. You're not thinking about budget or Ukraine or whatever the elections. You're just thinking about you getting in within yourself and breathing. And over a period of time, you build up a, a tolerance. There's always that initial shock. And I went from cold showers, and you know, went started probably at, I don't know, half a minute. Eventually went to five minutes, which I do now, but then into cold plunging. And luckily our outside spa, because of the temperature right now in Las Vegas is still cold enough, anywhere between, depends on the day, 35 to 45 to 48 degrees. I can get in there and cold plunge. And the first time was, holy crap, you know, it was probably no more than a minute or so, even after the cold showers. Uh, and But I learned to, you know, cover my hands and my feet as long as the rest of your body is do, uh, experiencing the cold. And now I'm up to five minutes. I can do a lot more if I wanted to. Five minutes is a sweet spot. And the reason I mentioned this is not only because it's good for you, there are all kinds of effects, and I'm not going to get into it because this is not a cold plunge podcast. You look it up yourself. Look up Andrew Huberman on YouTube. He's, uh, I believe, out of Stanford, and he has, he's kind of the guru on the uh, the uh, positive effects of, of cold plunging. And so, um, you know, you also see on, on, on YouTube, like Mark Wahlberg's always doing his cold plunge, but I would go to Andrew Huberman because Wahlberg's doing it for Wahlberg, but Go to him because he gives you the science behind it. And the reason I mentioned this is that as I started cold plunging and then really getting into stoicism, um, then this Ryan Holiday every year, at the beginning of the year in January, starts out with a 21 day stoicism challenge. I had never done it, I had heard about it, but I'd never done it. And it, it's 21 days of different challenges Mentally, sometimes physically, a lot of times emotionally, to try to a emphasize some of the precepts of stoicism, um, which uh, I'll get into in a second. And then it also um, helps you certainly build uh, resilience and gives you a bit of a discipline, right? And I've already I already started incorporating a routine uh, in the last three or four months, you know, when I started thinking about cold plunging and I started reading also about the, uh, there are a couple things. Number one, I used to always get up out of bed and take a look at my phone, right? Well, that's something I don't do anymore because uh, I've read about it and it's a natural reaction for all of us, especially if you're still in business, you know, you you wanna look and see what's going on during the day, but that kind of gets your mind all messed up, right? that's why in fact i was talking to janice and i had dinner with a businessman yesterday uh in las vegas and he he goes to work out in the morning he doesn't look at his phone for the first hour and a half of his day so that's the concept so first of all that's the first thing i started doing Uh, i started putting my phone away at 10 o'clock at night and i didn't look at it anymore and then uh in the morning i wouldn't look at it for email and all that other kind of stuff there's another Reason I use it, I'll tell you about that as part of the routine. Then I started my day before I got out of bed with prayer because I want to get my mind right, my soul right, my spirit right with God. And we do our daily bread uh, together so that we have a little bit of devotional time together, um, the two of us. And then uh, I do either a cold shower or a cold plunge. I like the cold plunge better only because this Huberman also talks about the beneficial effects of five minutes of morning sun, up to five minutes of morning sun. It, uh, if you get that morning sun in your eyes, there's something that about it that affects your circadian rhythms. And I'm not a scientist, but I know enough about it to know that it helps regulate your awakening and your sleeping, kind of let your body know at a certain period of time at night, hey, it's time to go to sleep, and maybe you should start winding down for the day. So I'm able to cold plunge, look in the direction of the sun at the same time and get both benefits. Then I finish that and after I, you know the shower, I mean, shaving and brushing the teeth and all that other kind of stuff, as I'm brewing uh, coffee, um, I may go out and get another extra five minutes of sun, but I'll certainly journal in my daily Sto- stoic journal. I'll read uh, the daily passage from there's the, the, uh, the daily stoicism, which every day it's like a if you if you do Bible devotionals every day there's something new or every day there's something else so I read that and then then I may look at my mail or something else or we may just head on out to do F45 workout and come back and then I'll look at my mail so that that's kind of been my routine so that's that was really great so then you go back to this 21 day challenge and besides the 21 days you get two. Live Q&A sessions with Ryan Holiday to answer your questions. So I signed up for the challenge, and wow, it was it was it was really great. It, I mean, I'm going to do it every year, and I may do it on my own uh, at later on in the year, maybe the second half of the year. Uh, it it really made an impact. But I remember the, the one of the very first challenges, almost like a pre-challenge, right? The pre-challenge was. To take a cold plunge believe it or not um he uh, holiday talked about how some philosophers back in the day to start their new year would jump into uh the local river uh, i don't maybe the tiberias or whatever it was but they jumped into the uh, local river and ice cold to start the year to kind of push themselves up for the year i'd already been doing that so i meant nothing to me, I, I went ahead and did it, and it was it was great. But I think for a lot of people who are starting this challenge who have never done that, that's a huge challenge. Uh, and whether you go in for 15 seconds or 30 seconds or if you can last longer than that, that's not the idea. Time is not the idea. The idea is getting your mind right, overcoming your body's natural aversion and your fear of cold and what's going to do to you, and just get in there and do it it starts to build resilience. So then you started the 21 day challenge. I'm not gonna go through all 21. I just picked out a few snippets. The, one of the first things they did was get your desk in order, right? And part of that is similar to what I've talked about before uh, with, uh, you remember the I mentioned uh, Admiral uh, Bill McRaven and, and his book, First Make Your Bed. remember, if, as a reminder, for those of you who don't remember the Admiral, he's retired now, um, was, uh, I think, chancellor of University of Texas, his alma mater at one point. But he wrote a book called First Make Your Bed. And the whole idea was when he was a young Navy SEAL going through basic audit, underwater demolition SEAL training, you know, as he, as he puts it, you know, we were, we were, we were there because we want to be badass commandos and kill bad guys and stuff like that, which is cool. That's fine. And then the first thing they had to do was make their bed. and and had to make it correctly and it wasn't so much the the, the fact that you're making the bed it's the fact that you did something as he said if everything else turned to crap that 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 day you accomplished something it's a psychological thing you accomplished one thing you made your bed and this is kind of a similar similar uh thing the first one was get your desk in order i have to look at that what and so back at microsoft i used to be fairly anal about my desk being clear. I had four monitors and, and I tried to keep my desk fairly clear. At times it was even Spartan, but then other times I would add pictures and stuff like that. But that's pretty good. But, and when I looked at my desk, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I, I had crap all over the place. I had a lot of, a lot of wires and a lot of stuff. And it just, I looked at it. Yeah, it did look kind of, kind of crappy. So got my desk in order. It was similar to the Marie Kondo thing. Those of you who who know of, have heard of Marie Kondo, a Japanese uh, woman a couple years ago, had a Netflix series, which you should watch. And it was all about going into uh, people's homes where they needed to declutter and get their lives in order. Uh, I mean, if you've never done this, the psychological effect of, of having a clean house, a clean closet and getting rid of extraneous clothes and things like that, it has a, it has a great effect on your mood and uh, it's a sense of accomplishment. And so as the as the challenge talked about, it's similar to that. So I did, that's the first thing I did was I looked. What things, uh, Marie Kondo with clothes, it always says what things bring you joy, what things don't bring you joy. And the ones that don't bring you joy, you toss them. And so that was kind of like, I looked around my desk. My desk has memor- memorabilia and uh, things that that uh, uh, mean a lot to me, but I didn't want it to have clutter. so. I, I, first, I got rid of all the crap off my desk. I decided what I want to stay in there, but then also I went into files. I had different files, and um, they weren't always kept up to date. So I, I, I purged a lot of that, and then that was really great. That, that, was, that for day number one, that was that was really great. And when I looked back at my desk after I walked away, I thought, wow, that looks really cool. Looks great. Sense of accomplishment. As I said, there, there are also physical challenges. Uh, one of them was very interesting. Uh, Ryan Holiday talks about uh, David Goggins. Uh, Goggins is a, re- a retired Navy SEAL. A lot of you know of him. He's in the same vein as uh, a Chad Wright or Jocko Willink, you know, former SEALs who have gone out and been successful in the world, especially in in motivation and business and resilience. And one of the things that Jocko, it's not Jocko, it's not not Jocko on the brain. Uh, One of the things that Goggins uh, talks about is that when you think you're done physically, you're only 40%. You know, you have more in the tank than you think. And this particular challenge, Max Plus One, came from, uh, it was a book, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he's a runner, entrepreneur, lives in New York City and heard about Goggins uh, and this guy was an endurance runner right and Goggins is an endurance runner and so he and his wife actually invited Goggins to stay at their house for a couple of weeks for training and things like that and so I remember reading the book and they talk about uh, what well, the first day after you know Goggins gets there they go out for oh dark hundred run and it's cold and it's been snowing but they run you know Goggins gonna run no matter what and then When they get back to the house, uh, at at some point, I think there's a gym, a makeshift gym or something in the place where this guy and his wife are living. And Goggins says, we're gonna do pull-ups, okay? We're gonna do a 1,000 pull-ups. Well, the guy says, I I can't do a 1,000 pull-ups. This is, Goggins says, do as many as you can. We'll do them together. And obviously Goggins can do more than this guy, but maybe the guy could do five or six. He says, I can't do a 1,000. He says, "We're, we're, we're going to, it was either, was it a thousand or a hundred? But anyway, it was a big number. It was a big number. And what God, the guy got through it. It took maybe hours, but if he even did one or two at a time and rested his arms, blah, blah, and he kept at it. The idea was that you can do more. So this particular stoicism challenge was find an activity, whether it's push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, squats, whatever. Do as much and as many reps as you can physically can where you feel like you can't go any further wait 30 seconds and try to top that by one if not more so i did that with sit ups i went as many many sit ups as i could until my my tummy was screaming this is i should have planned it better it was actually after an f 45 session <laughs> you know so i got home and you know waited for maybe an hour and then did the challenge and then i waited 30 seconds And I went at it again. And I was able to go, even though my, again, my tummy was screaming in pain, I was able to get at least two over what I had done before, before I just collapsed on the floor. But again, that's a really good lesson, right? That you can do more than you think you can. And again, these little things help build resilience, build the will to survive, the will to win, the will to endure. Uh, another one was make amends, right? You know, if if you have a disconnect with somebody or somebody has wronged you or maybe you've wronged them or you both wronged each other, it's making amends, right? And so I thought about a person that uh, I needed to make amends with and I'm in the process of doing that, you know, because I haven't seen this person for a while, but I will the next time I see this person, uh, there'll be a hug. There'll be, um, you know, and, and the other thing that the, the, the challenge at holiday says, it doesn't have to be this big dramatic, oh, no, I love you, I love you, I love you. I mean, in some cases, he said it could just be psychological where if you're separated by distance and you, you, do, you don't, you don't you want to do the verbal thing, you, can, you know that in your heart of hearts, you no longer feel animosity, animosity towards the person or you don't want revenge or you don't want, you know, you don't want to feel that way about the person and it's a way of, of saying that life is too short there's a great uh a couple sayings in latin uh, there's called Momento mori and holiday actually carries a coin that says momento mori and that means you will die and, and people think oh that's morbid well it depends how you look at it in this case the, the, the way the stoics look at it is like right now we're, we're i'm having this broadcast right you know the samurai, ancient samurai, had a great saying which is in line with this: that every moment of a life is another step towards death. We're all going to depart from this earth at one point. That's something we all have in common. So, Momento mori, uh, you know, in this context means you know the person that you uh, are trying to make mess with, or you may not live till tomorrow. So, what are you waiting for? But it also extends to the things that we think are so, like the challenges that we have now, whether it's in business or personal, whatever it is, you think back 10, 15 years to challenges that you had back then. Back then, it was when I was in the agency or at Microsoft, the challenges that were hitting me were, you know, not insurmountable, but they were huge, right? I'm never gonna have a challenge like that again. And then you realize, yeah, the challenges that you have now, uh, are similar to what you had back then. And those challenges helped make you stronger for these challenges. But again, memento mori. But that was just one of, the, one of the things to make amends. Another one was really cool. Now this was a mental one. And this was all about finding a quiet place and counting to a thousand. And people say, well, what's the big deal about that? It's harder than you think. Uh, the idea is to count to a thousand without being distracted. That means your mind is focusing on this alone, because we're so distracted by so many things—social media, this and that, uh, everything that's going on in the world—that a lot of times it's hard to focus for a lot of people. A lot of people find it hard to focus. This whole idea of multitasking is something I fought for years. I—if right? um, you're ever into productivity, like I was and still am—there's no such thing as multitasking. You, because when you're working on something and then get pulled away from that, then This takes a hit. You can't do justice to two or three things. And people think it's a badge of honor that they can do all these kinds of things at the same time. No, no, no. The idea is to focus on one thing, get it done. Bill Gates was and still is a master of that. When he's focused on something, like when he was interviewing me for my job for that 45 minutes, Mike Howard was the only thing that that mattered in the world. You could tell, he wasn't shuffling papers, looking at his watch, doing another thing. That was me. 45 minutes and one second boom he's off somewhere else. my car doesn't exist so this idea so i went to the backyard it was an afternoon relatively quiet and i concentrated i concentrated you know 1001 1002 and the idea was to keep those numbers visually in my brain and, and even though little kiku our dog came out and wanted to like play and i could sense her around here even if I could censor, I pulled my mind back to still counting, keep counting, keep counting. And a thousand is a long time. The other thing they told you about is when you count to, if you get to like 500, don't congratulate yourself mentally because that takes you out of it, just keep going. And it took me about close to 25 minutes to do that. And again, it was harder than I thought, but it was really, it was a good lesson that you can focus, you can concentrate, and you can block things out if you really want to. Um, this one I've actually done twice because I'm doing another challenge right now called Slayer Stress. I liked the, the 21 Day Stoicism Challenge so much I signed up for another one which I'm doing now. This is a digital Sabbath they called it. And as you can imagine we are surrounded as you know by uh, iPads and iPods and iPhones and Androids and computers and everything else. So the idea was take a digital Sabbath. You pick 24 hours and in those 24 hours, you're not looking at your phone and you're not looking at your computer, right? You're taking, you know, because we're wedded to, well, I can't pick it up now because I'm talking to it, but we're wedded to these pocket devices that have all this beautiful information. For me, I'm a news junkie. I like news feeds. I like social media feeds, I like all that kind of stuff. But after a while, your brain gets overloaded with that. And it's actually not healthy for you. There's actually an addiction. One of the things they do is have you, before you start a challenge, go through, if it's Android or iPhone, go through where it tracks your screen time for that day. And multiply it by uh, 24 hour, oh, I'm sorry, multiply by seven days and multiply that by you Know a whole year, and it's amazing the amount of screen time that all of us put in. And it just wants it just reiterates, hey, take a break. So, for those 24 hours, I took a break, and it was wonderful. You know, I can concentrate on more on, on Janice and Kiku, more mindfulness, uh, reading more of meditations, reading more of the Bibles, studying, just observing nature. You know, looking at the mountains around here, just things that. You take for granted, but it's also healthy. You know, I wasn't burdened with what was going on in Ukraine or the politics or Trump versus Biden. As citizens, we need to be informed, but we have to control. And that's a big tenet of Stoicism: is you, you have there are things you can't control. I can't control what's happening in Ukraine. I can't control uh, the stupidity between uh, Biden and Trump. I can't control crime on the streets. I can't control the ups and downs of the stock market. I can control my reaction to those things and I can control how much I wanna digest. So for each of us it's different, but we should stay informed, but not to the point where we're just salivating for the next news feed from these 24 hour news cycles that all that's what they want. It's like a drug. They want you to observe MSNBC, Fox News, all day long, that kind of stuff. And I you know I, I have to fight that too, right? Even now I have to fight that, make sure that I'm, I'm digesting it in chunks. But it was great. And it was great seeing that phone there in in the charger, but I didn't look at it and it was it was wonderful. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I did it again uh, the other day as part of this Slay Your Stress uh, Challenge and I'll, I'll do it uh, later on in the year too uh, as, on a regular basis. This one was really cool. <clears throat> this was one it wanted to teach you that all the problems that you have on your plate right now, there's nothing new. Anything that's going on in the world, there's nothing new. And so what they had you do is, and they gave you some sources, uh, which is really cool to look. So the idea was, we're in 2024. Go back to you. Go back to any of the 24 years. So I mean, 1924, 1824, 1724, whatever. Find a news article, something significant that happened then uh, that is parallel to what's going on now. And it it was really interesting to go back to some of these. I went back 1824 and I, I found a Nevada newspaper that's no longer in existence now. But, you know, we think, oh, we got this pandemic and once in a lifetime thing, which in our case it may be, I don't know. But back in 1824 here in Nevada, they had their pandemic, it was, I think it was called hoof and mouth disease. And it was to the point where Nevada was barring anybody from other states coming in there, Other states were suffering at the same time. And the news articles are talking about how many people were sick and it was spreading and blah, blah, blah. So nothing new, right? But it was interesting to see that people throughout the centuries faced the same kinds of issues that you're facing now. So as you come up against an issue at work, maybe a difficult boss, um, can't get budget, difficult personnel issues, uh, crisis situation, things like that, it, it should give you some solace knowing that these situations, while they may have their unique variables, they're not new. And so as it helps you mentally and emotionally to handle those situations, you don't you don't just fly off the handle or have all this anxiety when you realize that you know 20 years from now someone else will be probably involved in what you're doing having the same problems and having the same thoughts right because it it just that's the way it goes so I thought that was really good and I think the last one was um and this is this is and this was the very last challenge and it said uh, Write down, you know, your kind of activities, you know, spell out the last day of your life. Now that was very, that was very telling, right? And um, and it's personal for everybody, but if you knew today that was it, uh, what, what would you do? You know, there are some obvious things. You'd spend as much time with your loved ones, in my case, uh, Janice Kiku. <laughs> Probably make sure I be in contact with our daughter Jenny and son-in-law Mike and grandkids and her, uh, my father-in-law and, and, and mother-in-law Earl and Joanne. You know those that are closest to me. Reach out. I would reach out to the closest friends, people who I consider a family. And you know, want to spend time with them or reach out with them. I mean, there's a whole host of things. You know, there, you may, you know, there could be even some things like I'll have my my favorite meal or I'll, whatever whatever it is. You kind of. You kind of list it out because the idea is not again to be morbid but the idea is to kind of see what your emphasis is and I think most people it would be on family making sure they're taken care of you know making sure that the bank accounts are all there and everything that your family is taken care of uh, make sure you let them know how much you love them because we can go through I, know, I think a lot of people probably do go through days without Saying I love you, or saying it in a very cursory way, when they have to think about what that was that mean if none one of you wasn't there. And then, what are the things that really important to you? Like, would that business meeting that seems so critical now, or the the knucklehead that you're dealing with as as a boss, or some would that really mean anything, or would it be like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. In the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. Um, And that's another basic tenet of of stoicism. You kind of, and again, hard to do, but you kind of look at every day, live live each day as if it were your last day. And that puts things into perspective. It doesn't mean, it doesn't negate the importance of whatever meetings and business issues or family issues or whatever you're dealing with. Those are still important. You still have to be dealt with. But it also gives you a bit of calmness and pause to sit back and think about how to deal with those issues. So maybe, you come, come up to a better decision. When everybody's running around like chickens with a head cut off, maybe you can stay back. There's another uh, Stoicism quote, uh, Latin quote, called amor fati. And amor fati basically means, you know, lo- love your fate, love what's happening, even if it's bad. If, and the, there was a great story about um, Thomas Edison back in the day who you know one of his well i think his main factory burned down to the ground and so a, a lot of his whatever experiments he was working on things and artifacts probably put a lot of personal stuff burned to the ground and when either i know he communicated to somebody i can't remember if it was a relative or a friend but i think it was a relative and said hey come down here you'll never see a fire like this again um and within a couple of years he had rebuilt not that he was fearless about it. Well, I'm sure when he was watching his thing burn down, it, it was it was traumatic. But he dealt with it the way it's hard to do. But it, it 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 showed his his strength of character, strength of will, because he had he could do nothing about the fire. So just like you rant and rave in in traffic about someone that cut you off, or the traffic is slow, or there's an accident, there's nothing you can do about it. So why get yourself worked up about it? You a basic tenet of Stoicism is to only think about and worry about the things you that are under your control. When you do that, first of all, you free yourself from all all this other stuff that you can't control. We can't worry about that. It makes you happier because it gives you actually more room for the happy stuff because you put away all that stuff that you can't control. Um, and that and that that's huge. And so I think. Thinking about every day, what if every day was the last day in your life, and thinking about the fact that whatever happens to you from a a fate perspective, whether it's good or whether it's negative, it's going to happen, and you are where you need to be at any given time. And, And that eventually things will get better, no matter what happens, things will get better. So... Um, you know, I finished that challenge and I loved it so much. I found this other challenge by Holidays. He's got several of them and this one's, um, uh, slay your stress. I just want to take it because I've been pretty good. I think I'm pretty good about managing stress over the years. Uh, but I can always, you know, like any muscle, you want to keep it strong and, and you, 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 you keep yourself stronger by pushing yourself and make, you know, lifting your heavier weights if you want your muscles to grow. So, I'm doing this and it's really great. So I think the, the bottom line in all of this is that all of us are looking for ways to improve and get better physically and mentally, spiritually. Um, and everyone's different. And so Stoicism, Christianity may not be, Buddhism may not be for your cup of tea. Uh, but I would ask you and challenge you to take a look at what these things have to offer. And I'd say, number one, just remember that whatever pressures you're facing today are not new. They're not new in history, just like the example of me looking back to 1824 and there was a pandemic here in Nevada. Or in your own life, when you're when you're when you're stressed and you're dealing with something. And you know, it's a good thing to think back about 10, 15, 20 years ago. What was I dealing with? Okay, I was dealing with this situation that's similar and we got through that. Guess what, sports fans? You're gonna get through this too. Not that it won't be hard, but you're gonna get through it. And again, I can't emphasize this enough. The key to being calm, right? In my case, uh, I I know the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Right, and that's uh, that's very similar to you know, a lot of the things that Marcus Aurelius and then other philosophers said, right? Why get wrapped around the axle over something you can't control? Um, and so, we're humans. We're going to get anxious. We're going to worry. We're we're, we're going to get panicked. Uh, we're we're going to be stressed. That's a given. But the idea is. You got a lot of people out there that that's their DNA, that's that's their norm, and I'm telling you that that should not be the norm. It's it, that that norm leads to uh, early death or disease. It leads to a lot of physical issues, emotional issues, you know, and where you can live a life where you yes, you will feel that stress, but then you can manage it. You feel that panic and then, woo, I can manage it, right? You you feel that physical issue, you can manage it. Spiritual issue, you can manage it by by just training your mind and training your body and training your spirit uh, to deal with these things so that you end up having a happier life. Not that you're not going to run into bad things. Life is not like that. It'd be great if it wasn't, but it is. But it is. You're gonna have a car accident. Hopefully not, but someone's going to bump into you, or you know, even little things like you're going to have, you know, in our case, every so often get leaks in the house, you know, because the the roofers that they had at the time didn't do a great job. We luckily went, we've gone through a whole year without it, but you're that's just a minor thing. But you're going to have issues that you're going to deal with. But these are tools, and I would, I would encourage you, from a spiritual perspective, you know, I think again, uh, this is not a religious channel. But for me, for Janice, uh, for our family, for the most part, um, you know, we're Christians and we we take solace in God and the Bible. But whatever your spiritual bent is, uh, I also think that the practice of Stoicism, at least looking at the major tenets of it, studying uh, the major tenets of Marcus Aurelius, uh, Epictetus, and Seneca, those are the three main ones, uh, really are going to help you out in your in your modern life. It's amazing how these philosophers of old, eons ago, have words of wisdom that help us in our issues today. So that's just what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to give you sort of the uh, what's going on in my life, journey-wise, uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And uh, we've got we're uh, we're we're readying some really good guests this year. Um, uh, for uh, for the podcast, so there's more to come on that, and we'll do some more interesting things, different things, fun things uh, from podcast standpoint, just to uh, you know keep things keep things fresh. But I encourage you to continue to uh, send your comments, uh, give me suggestions of people that you may want uh, me to have on the podcast. Uh, it started off with a lot of security. Uh, type folks, and it's morphed into just a lot of people with a lot of interesting things to say that hopefully will help improve the quality of your life. So until next time, I thank you again for subscribing to the podcast and to the blog. Please check out my books on mikehowardauthor.com and we'll talk to you very soon.